Well, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to another episode of Infection Podcast. My name is Nick Craig. You can follow me on X at Nicholas M. Craig. You can check out our website, infectionpodcast.com. Joining me in these Wild West times we live, Brian Aldridge. What's going on, buddy? Hope all's well. Hey, everything's going pretty well here. If you want to find Excellent. me, get me at Voicing Peter on the X as well. Or the Xiverse. Check out, <laughs> yeah, get me on a Gab, what, Getter, Truth Social, whatever's up. Uh, Getter, do you say that's gone? Getter's gone, I think. Uh, Parler's the one but, that's gone, I think, yeah. Parler, Parler's gone. So wherever you can find me, uh, in my name or at Voice Computer. Just, so, just uh, goes to show you how active so, of a social media user you are when you're like, well, I might have an account here. I mean, yeah, I might have I an mean, account. I mean, I created there. an account. Yeah. I, 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 Not that I look at those ones, but, you know, sure. got to support the more conservative ones that fail and flail. Yeah, well, that's fine. Now that Twitter's back okay. or X is back or whatever we're going to call it now. It's, um, it's X. Seems that's like you actually can... Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go, um, I'm gonna go uh, talk talk on X or something. Yeah, exactly. That's that's where drugs. all the, that's where all the cool kids are talking. <laughs> uh, yeah, a little speed, a little X. Um, let's uh, start with a quick kind of update. I know, I'm sure folks are kind of exhausted with the Microsoft Activision stuff, but it is so important. Yeah. So just got a couple of quick updates on this. Um, Microsoft essentially told the CMA to go pound sand. Um, yeah, they CMA as they is, should. Yeah, the CMA is the UK equivalent to the uh, uh, FTC, the Federal Trade Commission, um, the Consumer Market or something. I don't know what it stands for, but um, what their, their their big concern was some of the ancillary products associated with the Activision Blizzard merger. And Microsoft, for all intents and purposes, said, um, we're not breaking up our company. We're not selling anything off. You can either approve us or not approve us. That's how I read what they essentially said. Um, yep. So that is that's what they have. Um, that's what they've told the CMA. Take the deal or leave it. We're not negotiating ancillary details. If you want it, great. If you don't want it, that's fine. We're prepared for that too. We'll take our business to the European Union, I guess. If that's uh, that's the will yep. of this body. So. Um, that leaves them to be the last holdout, as we covered last week. End of October is the final deadline for this to go through, um, and I think the CMA's the they've delayed their um, or they've postponed and delayed their hearings to when I don't know yet. I don't know that there's a time. Yeah. Um, so that is actually there is a time, August 29th. So uh, three and a half, four weeks from now, they'll uh, they'll have that decision in. And then we will we shall see what uh what happens. And, and they're calling for a public response. So they're getting oh, they're, to get everything off of their plate. They're now saying we're seeking input, public input about the deal. And then that's what they're going to base it on. So they say, oh well, a lot of people said it's a good idea. So uh, I guess you know that's what that's what the CMA is going to go with. So, yeah. So yeah, kind of a they gave up on on using excuses because Microsoft, from what I said or saw indicated that the changes that we have made are enough to answer whatever you may throw at us. We've already made enough changes. There's nothing else that we feel we need to change. And, and then that lines right up with what you said of, so tough. You're yeah. either going to take it or leave it, and it's going to do nothing but hurt you if you leave it. So Exactly. So I, I would suspect that that decision will be probably sometime in mid to early September would be my hope if their hearing is on the 20. I don't know how their body works, if they make decisions the same day or, or, or whatnot. So, or, or they might just delay it again because they really don't, they really don't want to be the one. They, it seems like they don't want to make a decision, Brian. I mean, that's what, that's what it almost boils down to for, for me is they keep delaying and postponing. And now we want to hear from the public, which I'm all for hearing from the public, but this has been a yeah. 
two-plus, this has been almost a two-year act uh, uh, discussion. If you wanted to hear from the public, why the hell are you waiting Should until... Should have opened it up then, yeah. Yeah, opened it up then. I mean, you've waited, and they've already postponed it twice, and now you want to leave time for public comment, which you have to. If you're going to allow the public, you have to give them more than two days to respond. Um, so pretty, pretty disappointing to see, but as we heard last yep. week from Bobby Kotnick and uh, from uh phil spencer um the deal's gonna go through so it's just a yep. it's just a matter of time so that's the update that's what we're that's what we're following all right well let, let's move on to uh some other since i'm assuming that they're practically together that they're they're merged this will be my other microsoft news so okay. activision supposedly you know this is this is according to hasbro who has the rights to the transformers games that they used to have a partnership with them. I think that fell apart or expired in 2018, okay. if I remember correctly. And so Hasbro claims that they lost their code. Of course, Hasbro must not have their own code. Um, uh, you know, and so here they, they are claiming, here's, here's, how, the, the, here's a quote from Hasbro. When a company eats a company that eats a company, things get lost. And that's very frustrating. Okay, so somebody who's upset about the Microsoft Activision Blizzard deal, I mean, is this what we're, we're upset about? Um, so they're claiming that they have lost the source code to their Transformers games, and they want to have them back on sale. Hmm. Um, but they say they can't because the, the publisher, Microsoft or Activision Blizzard, uh, has lost the source code. And so, um, you know, this is something where we had to load up games on an on older platforms because there were some uh, details, decoration details that they couldn't find, Hasbro said. Uh, so Hasbro, it sounds like, didn't keep track of their source code, but they're pointing the fingers at Microsoft, well, Activision Blizzard, claiming that they have lost the source code. And this is, of course, what GameIndustry.biz reported on here earlier this week. Um, actually, was it yesterday? Yes, yesterday. Well, there's been an update today. Um, so according to, uh, now all of a sudden Activision CCO says that these headlines were wrong. They have the code. It was never, it was not lost and it never was. And so Hasbro, really? of course, yeah, they, they, Hasbro didn't even seem to, uh, reach out and ask if this, they had the source code. Huh. seems like they were just making empty statements. So they apologize here. Here's from <laughs> Hasbro. To clarify, comments that suggested Transformers games have been lost were made in error. We apologize to Activision and regret any confusion. They've been great partners, and we look forward to future opportunities to work together. Well, hold which on. sounds like... <laughs> well, hold on. This is the quote. When a company eats a company that eats a company, things get lost, and that's very frustrating. They, in their quote, things get lost. They, did, they absolutely said that they lost it. And now they're yes. saying that they didn't say that they didn't lose it? They're saying Activision Blizzard is saying that they didn't lose it. Hasbro no, no, I'm made saying, that but, claim. But Hasbro is now saying in their their claim, their re their restatement that that's not what they said, right? Isn't that what you just well? Isn't that they, what you just read? They, yeah, they, they're saying it was the the statement was made in error. It wasn't made in error. They said that they <laughs> I lost know. the source code. That's not an error. That's it, you. You it was a false statement. You, false yeah, statement. It was an that's, accusation. Yeah. Yes. That's not. And an now error. they're really kissing butt. I mean, it sounds like they're saying, please. Please let us have our source code back. We lost part of it. We can't release our game with everything in it. Please. We, we're, you're a great partner. We Jesus. love you. 
You talk about a talk about creating a public pissing match. I mean, I know. why why would you go after why would you publicly state something like that when it's obviously false? Yeah. And what now I will say this. Okay, let me let me play devil's advocate here. So yeah. let's say you're flying on an airline and your flight gets yeah. delayed or canceled. You go to the gate and you're not getting the help you need. You then go on Twitter and bash the airline. You might get a yeah. response. Most of the time you do get a response. That's actually become a very useful way of dealing with customer service, especially yeah. if you have a decent sized Twitter following. So maybe that's what was going on here because there is another quote from Hasbro in the original one um, that says, uh, quote, we had to load up games on an older platform because there was some uh, deco details we couldn't find, as you already read. Activision kept sending us concept art instead, which we didn't want. So we booted up an old computer and ripped them all from there. So it, it could be possible, Brian, that Activision just wasn't being super um, helpful with helpful? some of the details. Yeah. So they, maybe they, they put them on blast publicly, and now maybe they'll get what they want. I'm going to admit that's well, a possibility. Or perhaps, or perhaps they weren't asking for the source code, and they were like, well, we need this art asset. We need this art asset. So they're trying to find in all the emails and communications that go back and forth looking for a specific piece of art rather yeah. than saying, can you just give us our code so that we can rebuild the process? I bet you they weren't asking the right question. Because Possibly. The fact that they were sending them concept art back was probably them responding with emails saying, well, here's an email with this art in it. Here's an email with this art in it. Rather than saying, we need the original code so that we can rebuild the, the, the game, which is different than individual art files because they had the whole, they, they had all of the code in a repo somewhere. It just, it seems odd to me as large of a company, like in terms of Hasbro is a massive company, like, like they're huge. And the idea that somebody from Hasbro couldn't get through to somebody at Activision Blizzard and ask that question mm -hmm. does seem a little bit odd. But it is also possible that with everything going on with the Activision Blizzard merger and, and everything else, that they were just kind of slow to respond. And so maybe Hasbro just put them on blast publicly. I think there might be I think there's two possible explanations there. Um, it just seems well, and odd to do to do the latter, to put them on blast publicly like that. Yeah, and here, here's something. Here's another quote. Sadly, apparently Activision's not sure what hard drives they're on in their building, said the spokesperson. When a company, and this is this is that original quote. Here, yeah. Here's more of it. Sadly, in, uh, in the building, when a company eats a company that eats a company, things get lost, and that's very frustrating. Hope is that now that the deal is moving forward with Microsoft and Xbox, that they'll go through all of the archives and every hard drive to find it all. Because it's an easy-peasy Game Pass ad. Um, we want those games back up for people to have a chance to play. So, I mean, it was really, you think that they're storing them on hard drives in a closet somewhere. I mean, they're stacking hard drives of old code somewhere. Yeah. I, mean, well, I do that them, kind of stuff. They're putting them in shopping uh, carts and wheeling drive. them across the uh, parking lot and destroying all their data. Who's that? Yahoo. These things that are, these things are backed up facility. in data centers <laughs> and archived. I mean, the, the way that he, he's saying it, just showing that they're just, frustrated and they're just saying whatever to a reporter you know it seems like the more and more that you read maybe it is actually the latter brian that they just were not getting a sufficient timely response to macavision so like screw it let's just blast them publicly and then we'll get yeah. what we want maybe that's that's <laughs> yeah, maybe that's I mean, what this was yeah because well, they probably said well we have to go look through our archive and find it which to them was 
we have to go search hard drives. We have to go plug in hard drives into a dock and we'll figure out where we stuck yeah. it. No, that's not, that's not how that works. They're not sitting on a hard drive somewhere like that. Yeah, I, I so, doubt it's, it it's would seem funny. very unlikely that a company the size, and these are recent games. We're not talking about an Activision game, you know, the original Activision from the eighties with some weird source code. These games were relative are relatively new. These were Xbox 360 yeah. games. So they're not, they're not stored on tape. Um, they, yeah. they were undoubtedly stored in a, in a digital format. So that's that's pretty interesting. Like a little bit of a uh, little bit of back and forth. Little, I like that. A little, little of drama in the uh, in yeah. the tech world. Well, um, I have some news, and this is something I know that you used to have stock here, and uh, oh, yes. you know we've talked a lot about them. But the CFO has quit in in from GameStop. This is something oh, that happened here that they're going to be resigning on August 11th. And this is going to be the second high profile exit in two months from the company. So mm. it makes me kind of wonder, you know, what is happening over there? Is that, are they restructuring? Is, is it going a different direction and these people didn't like it? Or do they see that it's just a sinking ship that's not going to be able to stay afloat? Cause it, that's very possible. GameStop's really struggling to find relevance in a new time when, People just aren't going and getting physical discs. New consoles are going to not have CD slots, DVD slots anymore. Everything's going to be digital. And so for them, they've, they've tried to sell things. Yeah, there you go. You can see how their stock's been doing since mid-2021. Yeah, it's, I mean, you had its peaks at 80 and 60 and 62. But look at before that. I mean, 57. that was that. that yeah, this is of, what I bought. At like three or four dollars, yeah, and then sold yeah, it, at this second peak around sixty. I th but I think that was a highly unnatural. You know, that was from all the meme this was stock the buys, idiots and on Reddit. Yeah, this was the the it, and so the, it's really just to going back to a more of a normal value. It's still not a normal look where it's value. At in 2019. This, this stock should not be trading at 21, almost 21 and a half. Ford's stock, now they are losing about $4.5 billion a year on their electric vehicle department. However, Ford's stock is at $13 a share. AT&T's stock is at like $11 a share. GameStop yeah. is not worth $21.30 a share. This is a dollar or $2 stock at the best. This, you, know, you, you bring up the point. Oh, thanks, CNBC. Um, you bring up the, uh, bring up the point. This is a company that is a brick and mortar business selling something yep. and a product video games that are becoming more exclusively digital. I don't yep. know the last time that I bought a disc for a game. It yep. might have been red dead two. I think that was the same for me. I think that's I, when I, I last time don't, I went and bought it. Yeah, I think it might be Red Dead 2. And and I went to GameStop and picked it up. I so mean, did that, I. That works, but now with preloading, you don't really need to. Yeah. Xbox has it all set up. PlayStation has it all set up to where you can preload. They can lock it down till a certain time. Uh, you know, Because it used to be with World of Warcraft, you would you would have to be delivered the disc. And so you'd be like, game the day that the game would be released... You'd be sitting there and hoping that they'd somehow accidentally deliver it early, or you'd have it delivered to a GameStop and you'd go pick it up. Hmm. Uh, that's just stuff that, that doesn't happen anymore. But he does digital downloads, so at midnight, you can start playing the game if you want to, or whenever yeah. they, they lift the gates. So I just think that that's something that's... This company's going to have to figure out how to stay relevant 
in the way that, you know, we've talked about a couple of different ways. They've done some prototypes of different ways. I don't know which way is going to be successful. Uh, it's, I, that's a really tough business to be in. And I don't, the, I don't know what people are going to actually show up for or pay money. Unless it you, turns into a, a, a microbrewery. <laughs> you son of a bitch. That, that is exactly. <laughs> so I was going to say, get out of these states and get your liquor licenses and turn it into a hangout. Now, I think a couple years ago, and I, we did say this. I, don't, I couldn't tell you what episode we talked about it on. But um, you could, uh, there was com- the conversations of turning game spots into game stops into kind of hangout spots. They did the one store, I believe it was in Tulsa, Oklahoma, where they brought in a bunch of CRTs and N64s and old consoles and made it more of a casual hangout spot. But the reality is, Brian, there's a couple of places that have opened here, and I'm sure there's some similar ones in uh, uh, Utah um, of the these re- these bars that are opening that have this stuff too. Like they've got mm-hmm. these setups now. It's not as expan- extensive as or expansive as what a GameStop might have, but they have. They'll have an N sixty four, a PS two, a couple of just consoles. Some you know some some SNESs, whatever it might be. Uh, the NES classics, the SNES classics, modded with six trillion games. So I mean that yep. is happening at these other places, and these are places. I was in a place a couple weeks ago. They had a bunch of pool tables. Ski ball, all that, just a couple of little games. It wasn't an arcade, but, you know, a couple of little things, pool tables and things, a shuffleboard, things like that. Um, or not the shuffleboard, the one where you throw it on the tabletop. I don't know what that one's called. Yeah, um, what it is, yeah, and, and then they had, like, four flat-screen TVs on the back wall, and in front of all of them, there was an N64, a PS2, and then an NES and SNES Classic. Yep. And it was per- people were just hanging out. Just just I walked up there with my buddies, we picked whatever fighting game was on the SNES and we both just, and we played it for like 10 minutes. And it was cool. And that's the, while we wait for a pool table pe- to open up. Get some sort of a pass system or you know something where people can have drinks if they if they have a, a pass that they purchase. Sure. They get discounts on beers, wine, whatever it is, they can sit at one of the, one of the places and play whatever console video game they want to of a classic video games. And let's let people kind of make it a hangout spot where you got some music going or, you know, you have something going to keep the, the flow. Uh, I think that that would be a lot more successful. And you, you've got to get away from trying to market to kids unless you're going to be selling trinkets. And right now that's where they're kind of going is marketing to kids. Yeah. And, and now, trinkets and, and those little characters. There's another alternative because the reality of taking your brick and mortar business and per- getting alcohol and liquor licenses in all of these different yeah. states, a huge overhead. The other opportunity, which I could see, is GameStop going into breweries, microbreweries, bars, and restaurants with a yep. service. Yep. We are selling you a service where we will bring in Maintain these the things. We'll, exactly. We will handle this stuff. And it, you you put your logo on it. Everybody knows what GameStop is. It's a, a very iconic logo. It's a GameStop. So, it's a place where you go and stop play some games. But, but everybody knows the out. logo. It's it's very recognizable. Yeah. So you put these in some of these places, and that's maybe that's maybe an opportunity to, to supplement your, your, your business. Um, because yeah. what they're doing now and the, and the longevity of what they're doing now is just not is not seemingly feasible. They're going to keep Maybe, dwindling, and that's the problem. Which is, you know, Brian might be fine. I mean, the reality is, yeah. brick and mortar is uh, a brick traditional brick and mortar. Not all brick and mortar. Traditional brick and mortar is a dying breed. There's still plenty of successful brick and mortar, and plenty of places yeah. that are opening. I mean, here we're in a growing area. I know over there in uh, uh, Boise, it's a huge popping off area. There's plenty of stores opening. Brick and mortar is not dead, but brick and mortar yeah. for 
now almost exclusively digital products is dead. There is no need for these stores, especially when you have big boxes like Best Buy, which has made a huge push on gaming in recent years. Walmart and Target have huge video game selections if you uh, if you want to purchase physical media. And there's other regional stores that have similar things as well. Um, so there's just not a place for them anymore. I mean, realistically. Yeah. So license the name and do something cool with it. Keep the name alive. It's a nostalgic name, and it will have a nostalgic kick for people. Um but you got to do something with it because operating yeah. these little hole in the walls and strip malls is just not is not the is not the key to the 21st century. And I've heard a lot of complaints from people that have worked there or work there on the pay. And oh, it's, sure, it's, it's not terrible. A, it's not a great place to work. It, there's there's not really any place that you're going to go up in the company. It's it's kind of a they you know they they just need you to show up and open the door and and you know and, and greet people when they come in. And so I think that that's not really a place that's easy to get people to work at because of the low pay, especially when people are making so much on welfare that how can they compete with that type of a price with how much they're actually bringing in? Yeah. It's funny. I looked at this, this looking at this logo again, I'm just just second take. I forgot they, their big purchase of think geek. That was going to be their thing. Think geek was an online retailer of kind of tech nerd stuff, things like that. Yeah. Yeah. It was just all kind of like gamer stuff. The GameStop bought it thinking that they could, turn trinkets into a successful business strategy and it's just overpriced junk uh, which don't get me wrong i mean you go watch youtubers and twitch streamers they have crap littered all behind i mean so do i if i'm being honest yeah. i mean the stuff behind me is not trinkets it's a oscilloscope and a, a power supply and soldering equipment but it's people do still buy that stuff but at what cost i mean are you really going to drive to the town square, for lack of a better term, or your you know, your outdoor yeah. shopping complex to purchase a Funko Pop, or you're just going to buy it on Amazon. I think I think it almost be better rather than those little trinkets is going maybe just with clothing that is licensed with the, that's unique to a GameStop. You you can't go and buy them at Walmart, but you know really well, cool designs. That. But I'm saying that be a majority of what you're doing rather than. The, the what are they Funko Pops you said but well okay Funko Pops is a bad example but they do all of the thinking stuff is exclusive at, at GameStop but do you really are you really going to go in there Brian you've got how many boys and I mean you'll go in there and if you want to get way over normal prices yeah well you're going to pay way over and you're going to have to get all you're going to go in there and drop $250 on a bunch of garbage and and that's going to be that I mean that that's the reality yeah. of it $45 figurines and it's just I I don't know I just don't when they bought ThinkGeek, it was already too late for that. And that was probably like 2010 yeah. when they did that. And it's just, it's now just continuing. So it sucks. I have fond memories of freezing my rear end off in strip mall parking lots, waiting for a GameStop to open up at midnight to get the new Xbox, to get the Halos, to get Call of Duty. Very fond memories of me and my high school buddies doing that. But um, we just you just don't do it anymore. It's just different. It's I mean, yep. it's just, it just doesn't exist. So. It sucks, but it's on them. I yeah. mean, this has been years in the making, and I haven't seen anything indicating that they're making any substantial changes besides closing stores and selling more tchotchke garbage. Well, and that's a, yeah, and I think that's a sign of the times. Let's, I mean, let's continue. Let's talk about the economy a little bit. Uh, sure. A studio here that's been is going to be releasing some new titles here very soon. CD Projekt Red. Uh, you know, they're switching over to Unreal on their all their new projects, but they're going to be laying off nine percent of their developers' workforce. That, you know, and this has been made redundant, and they're going to be do, so. These are redundant people. Part of it is because there's a project that they went, they ended up not doing, 
uh, I bet you that there's people that since they're not using their own in-house engine anymore that they don't need. Sure. Uh, so th they're going to be letting go 100 people between now and March of 2024. So this is something I think that we've we've shown over and over again week by week of just the 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 economy and this the video game market slowing down. This is really apparent in also the uh, hardware market that these companies are having to cut back. And the sad part about that is, now here I think they made some good decisions because of seeing that happen, of switching to Unreal Engine. I think it's going to help them in the long run, save them money. But, but for a lot of these companies, they can't, you know, just doing something like that isn't going to be enough to save their bottom line. Uh, sure. you know, they, they've got, these companies are cutting back, not making games that they were going to make. They're, they're cutting down the scope of what those games were going to be. And it, sadly, this economy is affecting the type of game and the quality of game that we end up getting. And that's the sad part for me that makes me frustrated because I, I don't want these. I, I like having big, cool games. Now, I don't think that that's going to affect the upcoming games that you're going to see from this company because, as I said, I think with them switching to Unreal Engine, they've saved a huge amount of money. I think it's given them a huge amount of tech. Uh, Epic is working with them on... All of that open world stuff that we talk that that you see in the new Unreal Engine 5.3, 5.2, this is for them. Epic's been putting them in Unreal Engine for CD Projekt Red because they're using them as their project to test the big open world tech of Unreal Engine, and so they're they're being smarter. And that's I guess the good good part of tightening the waistband a little bit is they're being smarter with their money. Quit being like, oh, we're just going to make everything kind of like what Rockstar loves to do. Sure. Uh, realizing that, hey, here's a way that we could save a ton of money and have a better product. Normally, we wouldn't do it, but let's do it. And I think it's going to help because, as you saw with uh, Cyberpunk, they got a big black eye from not doing everything how they should have. And, and it really killed their product name quite a bit. Their, their oh, God. brand of, of CD Projekt Red. Oh, man, it, it, it murdered them. I mean, it was, yep. it, it's, it was terrible. Because everybody thought of them as a certain way when it came to uh, all their Witcher series and just games that they put out in the past. They're always known for quality, you know, looks really good. Uh, then they came out with that, and it didn't look any better than their old games they'd put out years and years and years before. And so I think, and plus, them not having put out a game for so long, that was their downfall. They didn't, they weren't daily working on all these things to improve them like Unreal does with their engine. Uh, and it really showed when they released a product. So this this is something that they're doing, as they said, redundant. They're claiming that none of these are things that are going to take away from anything. You know, these are ones that they just don't need anymore. Um, and, of course, they're saying that they're going to. One, one of them, earlier they had let, laid off that whole Gwent team. That was that team that was doing the card game. Yeah, the that card they ended up went, yeah. kind of, I think, canceling um, or whatever had I, happened with that. I think didn't it come out or maybe it never it it came out, but out. I think they shut it down. If I remember correctly, yeah. I, I don't think it, I, I, I beta tested it for them. And I think it wasn't that successful because people are just kind of backing away from card games. They weren't as, as hot as they once were. And so they laid off that whole team. Um, so this one though, I, I, they don't really say um, specifically, I don't think here, but I think it has a lot to do with them no longer housing their own, you know, their own engine. And having yeah, to work which, on that on a regular basis. I, I will say this. You always, uh, you know, Brian, I'm such a ray of positivity and sunshine. 
um, you often look for silver linings in things, and I'm. It's possible that Cyberpunk's lack. Oh, Cyberpunk wasn't a disaster, but it was yeah. very lackluster, very yep. very lackluster. Not Did what that, I expected. No, well, not in, not what they portrayed. Um, so, um, is it, it, it seems to me it is possible that the lackluster release of cyberpunk and the issues associated with cyberpunk maybe push that transition up a generation or, or two. Yep. I, I, it seems, it seems that that might've been the nail in the coffin. Like, okay, all right, this is obviously not going to work going forward. We have got to make a change. Yep. So yep. maybe that's and, a, maybe, maybe we'll get better games be in the better. future. I don't know. I mean, I wish Cyberpunk oh, yeah. was all it was when it launched, but it wasn't. And hopefully, they can learn from. It. I mean, that's all you can ask. Well, they're getting ready to release those new what are DLCs or whatever they are. I don't remember how they're indicating them. Yeah, yeah. But those ones are under DLCs. Unreal Engine Five. So I'm kind of I'm I'm kind of excited to see that Cyberpunk world in Unreal Engine Five and see how well it works. So that that'll be happening here pretty soon. Uh, I I don't remember the exact dates, but in the coming months. We're going to have one of those come out. Uh, and so we'll finally get to see what it looks like not on their engine. Um, Excellent. So here's another thing I want to talk about the economy. Intel is going to be raising the prices of their CPUs. So mm. they're saying they're having a major restructure. Um, so it's going to be having a price hike and to finance new Team Blue manufacturing plants in Germany and a company-wide restructure. I wonder how much of this is linked to possibly that CHIPS Act and the fact that they cannot make things in China anymore. Uh, maybe that has to do with it. They have to make a bunch of these things either in the United States or other countries, I assume friendly countries. Uh, so they're going to be, uh, they're, yes, they're going to be raising the price. This is after, I think, AMD did their, uh, their report today, and, and they, I think, surpassed expectations. Oh, what the I, earnings what report? I, I, yeah, I started looking into that. it. You know, there were, I, I should have put it in here. I did look at it. Uh, but, you know, they surpassed, from what I understand, uh, the, the expectations of what they were going to do. Um, and I think that they've been kind of beating Intel when it comes to chips because their prices are better and their performance currently is doing very well compared to, um, compared to the Intel chips. So this is something, it'd be interesting yeah. to see how this affects having the prices even higher for Intel, how it's going to affect their sales. So for the June quarter, which just ended, AMD reported, uh, well, for the June quarter, they reported second quarter adjusted earnings of 58 cents a share per, per share. Wall Street was expecting 57. So that came in above that. Revenue came in at $5.63 billion for that period, which was above the analyst expectation of 5.30. So up, up there, uh, chipmaker data center unit revenue was down 11% from a year earlier in the June quarter, while revenue in its client PC business fell 54% versus the prior year. AMD's gaming business declined 4% in the same period. Overall revenue was down 18% year over year. You might think, oh my God, that's a disaster. That's just the current state of the economy. Every company is reporting yep. lower earnings. Every, I mean, even my company just got, our, our earnings report was last week and it was just atrocious. Um, yep. And that's just the status of, of what's going on. But the fact that they 
had a higher generated revenue than they or generated more revenue than were expected they were expected to do is a pretty good sign. Uh, they talk about AI, which is the thing that Nvidia's really I, I'm not an Nvidia Pushing fan, it, yeah. obviously, but boy, their their AI stuff that they're doing with those AI chips is uh, is really going to set them apart because I mean they're yep. really the only game in town that's doing yep. those kinds of chips at those at those levels. Yeah, and I th- I think that this is going to be something where if the hardware market starts to come back, you know, that's going to be really strong for them. But I think they're doing well for how few pieces of hardware are selling in the United States. And not, not just AMD hardware, hardware across the board is sure. down because people don't have this, the excess money. I mean, I upgraded mine, but I, w- I waited a long time. I waited till the prices dropped before I purchased. And I think a lot of people just don't have that discretionary income at the moment to be tossing out for crazy priced GPUs, CPUs, and everything else that goes along with those. So it'll be interesting to see if uh, if this starts to recover. You know, we've got an election coming up that seems to always sway things quite a bit. Uh, be interesting to see if this starts to kind of rebound and we get it to where these companies aren't struggling so much because it's been kind of a, a uniform for every single company, whether it's software, hardware, anything in the tech industry has been struggling and downsizing and, and hurting. So, yeah. I'm just kind of surprised when they say they're going to be raising their chip prices <laughs> at a time like this when people are not buying hardware. So. All right. Well, hey, so you want to you want to go to some politics or you want to talk about AI? Really let's talk about AI. We've done a lot of politics okay. and stuff the last couple of weeks. Let's uh, let's let's turn it over to AI. What's going on there? All right. Well, there's been a lot of talk about how AI is going to be impacting the gaming industry. Uh, sure. This is something that I think. Has, has impacted a lot of industries, but I think when it comes to being able to generate content, uh, change how games work with, let's say, NPCs, interactions, you can have it to where you don't have to necessarily create a lot of content in the game. If you can get smart enough AI, it can generate content on the fly and never have the same game twice. You know, create constraints and rules. So, uh, But this is something that these studios, uh, companies are really trying to figure out right now and I think that they're still trying to figure out, well, is this, they talk about here, immersive game experiences. That's where I think AI will help the most. Uh, of course, you're going to have a lot of bugs and things early on and crazy experiences. But hey, sometimes that's the fun of it. But I think, you know, having an AI integrated into a game is going to make it to where you have the ability to have something that feels unique to you. And that's what, you know, you talked about Red Dead Redemption. That's what I love so much about that is it kind of felt unique to me, even though everybody else got the exact same experience. You know, there's always this thing. I remember this was supposed to be a big thing in cyberpunk, and it never really happened in GTA. You, know, you have your your house, your your pad, or whatever whatever it's whatever it's yeah. called your your hideout, your spot, whatever it is. That seems to me that could be an an, an early barrier, an early entry point for some of this stuff, yeah. where you truly could say, you know, it, with a text prompt or a voice prompt or something. I want my place to look like X, Y, and Z with A, B, C, D in it, and boom, it's generated. Instead I want a fountain of having, in my living room, right? <laughs> yeah, just like, yeah, stuff like, like I mean, honestly, kind of like The Sims. I mean, that was like always the cool yeah. thing with The Sims is like any in-game asset you could just dump in the middle of your house if you wanted to, as long as there was room for it, even if it would piss the people off in there. Um, maybe that is, maybe that's an entry point for this immersive, immersive experience. It's going to be impossible to do this on a multiplayer standpoint in terms of 
everybody's world looking different, but you could isolate it in a multiplayer game like Grand Theft Auto. The the AI generated stuff um, yep. is is segmented in people's private hideouts or locations or houses or apartments or whatever it is um that that to me is the first step of this immersive stuff now eventually you get and and i don't really understand the concept and i've heard this a lot oh i want an ai generated game i want to say you know i want to play a game where i'm chasing a tornado and the game ai generates it that's not enough detail to generate a game yeah that's not that's not even a thing you're gonna get a lot of odd results doing that but it's not even odd result you'll get a okay so so I'm just driving in a car and I'm driving around and there's a tornado. That's going to be yeah. it because that's that's what I told it to do, right? That, that's not, a video game is the 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 thing that makes video games so great are the, in my opinion, the minutia and the minute details. That's what makes yep. games like that so much fun, like Grand Theft Auto, like GTA, like uh, or same thing, like Red Dead, like uh, Cyberpunk. It's what makes these open with the Witcher games. It's that open world mm-hmm. Skyrim, that stuff that makes it really, really pop and fun. You're not going to get that, I don't think, at least not with what I've seen by telling your AI, I want to be a dragon slayer, you know, put me somewhere in Ireland in the 1600s or whatever with dragons. I just don't think that well, I, I don't think that's gonna that's not a thing yet. I, I think what's gonna be more likely to make the game feel more real is when you have AI for the shopkeeper. You know, you walk into a oh, store. Yeah. Just think of think of Grand Theft Auto, and when you walk Trader into Jane. a shop, and there, yeah, it'll be just like Trader Jane. <laughs> uh, when you walk into a shop, and you know, right now they're kind of doing a static thing. They're doing a set round of what they're doing. They have a couple things that they say. Uh, have it to be where that is totally dynamic to where if you go in there and you pull a gun on them, they respond in a unique way. Or if you go in there and talk to them, they'll respond in a way that seems more human. I mean, cause it, eventually it's going to get to the point where you're not typing in and clicking, you're talking, you know, they're going to have a mic. And when you walk up to the counter, you say, Hey, Hey, what's up? Can I buy, I want to buy one of these. And they'll say, Hey, we don't, we don't, we don't have any of those in stock or we don't carry those. I heard if you go down to this place, there's a store down the road, they probably carry that. Have it be more of a normal conversation where you don't have a set prompt and they're realizing based off of what you're asking, just like if you went into a store and you asked for something that didn't make any sense, it would realize that what you're asking for doesn't make sense. And they'll say, dude, I, I have no idea. Are you all right? I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, I think having that natural of a response or a response to your actions is what's going to make a game feel cooler. When you're walking down the street, um, you know, people responding to you in a more natural way other than you, when you bump them in Grand Theft Auto and they, you know, kind of give a, 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 a rude remark back to you because you bumped them. So I don't know what game it was, but there was a Command & Conquer game on the Xbox 360 that you could, I think it was Command & Conquer, where you would play the game with voice prompts or you could play the game with voice prompts it was this would have been like probably 2007 8 10 something like it had to have been earlier than 10 where you could play this game with voice commands now obviously what you're describing is very different but i always thought that concept was kind of interesting you'd put on the little old xbox headset it was the one earpiece with the microphone and you would give the command and conquer game commands as to what you wanted to do and I always thought that that was very interesting. And now you take a look at the devices like the HTC Vive, the Valve Index, Apple's Vision Pro. All of these things have microphones built into them. 
So that that is very easily done. For uh, I've been playing still a lot of Xbox uh, the last couple of weeks as I've been going through and playing the old Call of Duty catalog. And the way I've been talking on Xbox is by connecting my uh, my AirPods on my iPhone and using the Xbox app to join an Xbox Live party. And that's the way I've been talking with my friends. Not through Discord, but through the Xbox Live party system. So there's no reason that I couldn't do that with the Xbox in a game. Yeah. It's now, got it access Tom Clancy's to it. End War? Is that what you're talking about? That was an RTS. Yeah, yeah maybe it was End War. It was a red you cover. You could use I voice just... commands to, to control the armies and, you know, and spread them across. What was the, it called? Tom zone. Clancy's what? Tom Clancy's End War. That's the one I'm seeing that has has to do with the voice commands. Not really yes, that was it. Yeah, with conquer. the yeah the red red okay. yeah the Paris thing, and it was I I, it, I remember my grandfather had it, and it, I was like, oh, this is this is interesting that you can control this yep. thing with a with a headset. Um, I don't know how it worked. I was when did this uh, the game came out in 2011? So yeah, I don't I don't remember what it if it was any good or not, but I just thought that the concept was very neat. And then since yep. then, like I don't know of any other game that has ever done that. Like yeah, and just that's that's true. And and there's been ones where you could get an add-on. I mean, Elite Dangerous, you could get an add-on, and it would really just be sending sending commands when you give it pre-made commands. But I th- I think getting to where some more natural talking, that's going to be yeah. where people really go like, whoa, this is this is cool, because this is how it was when you when you look at when you see movies that are showing the future and they talk about you know they showed how you interact with a computer. Well, the thing that was unique about those is you're more interacting in a natural talking style with the computer. And up to this point, that's not been something that's been possible. Yeah, I don't know what There's this is. no way. This is some gameplay from this game. I'm curious what it sounds like. Um, let me see. Let's see if there's any voice commands in here. Unit 2, move to Fox. Unit 2. 2, move to Fox. That's interesting. Unit one, attack has die three. Yeah. One, attack has die three. Keep huh. Stop. So I mean, it's kind of you know, it was it wasn't a obviously it was not it was anything but AI, yeah. but it was a it was a prompt system based on voice. And again, 2011, Siri didn't exist. A Amazon A word didn't exist. Google Home didn't exist. I mean, there were, you were talking about very rudimentary voice stuff at that. I think that would be a really cool thing. And again. These VR headsets, the one that the the company that's probably going to do this, Brian, is going to be Apple with the Vision Pro. Yeah, because I mean, yeah. well, first of all, the thing's going to cost a fortune. They, it's got like thirty two. They usually are, are the ones that kind of bring in something new and people accept it, and then other companies start to make. Them yeah, well. and I'm sure if I'm sure I haven't tried it, I don't use my Vive as often as I should. Um, but or yeah, no, I have the Meta, the Facebook one. What? Which one is that? Yeah. Or, before, Oculus. I have, a, I have an Oculus Rift. Oculus Sorry, Rift. Not, not a not a Vive. Um, but I'm sure there's something on there with voice commands. I just I've never never tried to play around with it. Well, in some of these studios, they're offering things like seven thousand dollar bounties to their employees for idea AI ideas. So if it's an AI Good. idea that they come up with that that ends up somehow making it to a certain stage, they'll give them a, a bounty for that. And I think that's a great idea because. Right now, people are still trying to come up with, well, what do we do with it? And I'm sure there's a lot of good ideas out there of, of what you could do. And I think this is something that is really going to lead to some company coming up with something unique that hasn't been done yet. 
and then everybody being like, oh, yeah, that's really good, and then you'll see a million games like that. But you want to be, you know, these these guys want to be the first ones into that. So I, part of this will be, I think, content, you know, qu- quests, um, dialogue. Part of it will be world generation to a point. I, there are limitations, you know, as you said, you can't just say to a game, make this. But I think uh, maybe coming up with the layout uh, so that the pathing for going through, you know, certain levels isn't always the same, and they can make it look still look high quality without it being exactly the same every time. I think we're going to just start seeing those type of improvements in the the industry and make it to where it's just a lot more fun. And, and you know, they're all. I, I remember when I first got the oh, the Fire TV. And they had games that you could play on there, and they had some unique things you could play on a phone and paired with it. You know, there's there's little gimmicks like that. You know, that's not really what I'm talking about. Those are things you play for a little bit, and you're like, okay, well, that sure. But I think having it to where these are are things that will allow players to continuously play. I mean, just look at some of the games that people have played for years and years and years, like Skyrim. Um, people are still finding unique and weird things in there just because of how they programmed it. But if you had a game that was always throwing in new things, people would continue to play that game for years and years and years, as long as these the things didn't become repetitive and stale. And I think you know, if you did your AI right, that shouldn't happen. Uh, you know, if you're somehow updating the models, whatever it's pulling from, uh, you know, th- I think that's where we're going to start seeing unique games come out that, that have that replayability. And, and that way that they can continue letting the game sell because people will continue to play it. It doesn't have to be a new story. Yeah, it's very interesting. So, all right. Um, so one thing I wanted to say really quick is there's been some pushback with certain companies. For instance, Assassin's Creed, they uh, they did some AI manipulation of their voice actors where it, it's making the actors concerned. Now, I don't really care. I mean, I think that's their right. If they write it into a contract that they can go through and manipulate their voice, what is that to the actor? The actors are more concerned because they're worried about losing their jobs. AI is something that can come in and replace them. Have you watched episode one of Black Mirror yet? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Now, yeah, we watched. We watched. Yeah, we watched that. It, it's that. That's kind of what these guys are afraid of. Yeah. They, you, they, there's no longer actors. You're licensing maybe people for famous people, but then you yeah. can create people that don't even exist. I mean, I've read articles where they're talking about how. There's people on the internet, these these cam girls that aren't even real. They're generating you know, the people that are they're generating images and sending the racy photos for girls that don't even exist, and guys are are, are going right along with it. I think, but I think in in the this world, you know, the the actors guild and and whatever guilds they have for voice actors, this is something that you're you're really at risk of losing your jobs now. Every industry has a risk with AI and, and with advancements in technology of losing their jobs. But I don't think that they really can. You can be a person who they use your voice to train. Just make sure you, if you have a unique enough voice that's worth paying for, that you get a good enough amount of contract money for training the, the voice model. I was playing around with a voice AI where it was having me read mm-hmm. prompts and it was AI. It was reading myself back to me and it, it, I got a little spooked. I'm going to be honest. It was Sounded reading really, step back realistic. to me, and I was like, "Oh boy!" <laughs> but here's the but here's the hey. problem with here's the problem with voice acting AI. And again, I'm in. So I mean, for folks that are brand new to the program, I'm sure yeah, we're getting thousands of new listeners every week. 
Um, I work in I, I, I conservative talk is my job. I, I get paid to speak my mind and be a jackass for three hours mm-hmm. a day. That's essentially what I do. That's a re- that's hard to replace with AI because it's dynamic. It's always changing. Yep. Voice acting, on the other hand, writing a script, writing a script's a lot easier to do with AI. It's a lot more feasible because you've you've got set guardrails, you've got set boundaries. Yep. You say generate you can me a review script it before this. it goes on exactly. the air. <laughs> so yeah, precisely. Um, no, but there are for music stations there is AI DJs that companies are selling as a service, and there are stations yep. that are using this AI DJ. Now the thing is, is they're not firing DJs and putting AI, and what they're doing is taking stations that were nothing more than, you know, just desktops Computers. playing music all the time, yeah. you know, j- jukeboxes, and jumping that AI voice in there because it's cheaper than paying a person to do it. I, the so this is something that's very at heart with me because it's 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 it could potentially affect me affect your um, industry yeah for sure and and it and here's the thing you know I, I can sit here and i can bitch and complain about it like these guys in the video game industry are doing it's not going to change it so you can either get in front of it figure out how to make yourself useful in the changing times i uh, brian i go i will come back to this again as i do every single time when the when the when gutenberg invented the printing press he put all of the handwriters out of business and and it was it was the end of the world that Gutenberg had made a printing press and that they weren't going to have to, this idea of mass manufacturing literature, books, Bibles was the first thing that they did. It was a crazy idea. And mass outrage. No, well, what about script writers? There's no, nobody, nobody write penmanship. All that stuff's just going to be out the window. We, we, we survived. I mean, we, yep. we made it. Like, society still existed. Populations continued to grow. Um, same thing with... Again, the iPhone, the pay phones, uh, the cell phones, it's, it's all these things, they, they always change and adapt, and you can either be ahead of the curve and part of this new thing, whatever it might be, or you can get left in the dust. And unfortunately, in our current society, 2023, we've got a bunch of wimps, losers, and cowards that are in our society, they're going to get left in the dust. Because they don't care to try to be a part of any sort of innovation. They don't want to come up with a solution. They just want to complain about it. And, I, and I'm not going to let it happen to me. I mean, it might end. Here's the thing. It's not guaranteed. I It might happen to me anyway. I have no idea. But I'm just not going to yep. sit here and go, well, you know, shucks, Brian. I uh, AI, bad. I'm going to go put a sign. I'm going to get a sign that says AI with a red line through it and hold it up at a protest. I, it's it's yep. just, it's stupid. It doesn't make any sense. Um, yep. But this is a concern. And, and. You know, right now there's still this, you know, I'm sure you I know you're very distraught about this. The film, the Screen Actors Guild, your all your late night television shows that I know you consume every night or have not oh, been on in months, and I know that's really affecting you and your marriage and everything and I, and I hope it gets better. But um yeah. You know, those guys haven't been at work in 3 4 months now or something like that. Yeah. And it's over the same issues, but it's about AI and royalties. Because the way in which they used to pay people for DVDs, VHSs, and buying things on iTunes, which was the largest video uh, online video uh, marketplace, has changed. So they're figuring out how do we do this with royalties. It was the same thing with Spotify, with Amazon Music, with Apple TV or Apple Music Plus, whatever it's called. So all these all these various things. Um, It's it's I find it fascinating. 
I really do. I think there's going to be a lot of cool stuff that comes of it. Will there be some people that are left in the dust? Absolutely, Brian, just like there is in every other part of history. I mean, the, the Henry Ford put Henry Ford with the the, uh, manuf- the production line and the manufacturing facility completely changed how we produce products. And it undoubtedly changed the course of history in regards to how things were produced. Without his uh, idea, in, in, things in would have been done by hand. are much harder to find, right? Yeah, they but, absolutely but look are. Look at the advanced with- advancements we've made since then yes so and it's, that's exactly where we're at it's just a change in society you can either be part of the game or you can just be on the sideline in the fetal position and we unfortunately have too many people that are content being in the fetal position and blaming everybody else for their their woes i mean it sucks i'm sure i mean somebody yeah. came into you today brian and said hey brian i know you got a wife and kids and family to support but uh jeff over here our new ai <laughs> is uh yeah, is going to is going to be is going to be doing your job. I, that would burn. I mean, if my boss said that to me tomorrow, I'd probably go postal. Um, but you, you, but you've you, you've got to be you've got to be playing the process on it. That was a joke, by the way, for for the record. Yeah, that was yeah. a joke. <laughs> well, one thing uh, there was MIT. There's a group at MIT who put out what they call Photo Guard. You know, yes. this is one of those things where this. people are doing deep fakes. They're creating. They're editing images, and so they're putting out what they call Photo Guard. That's supposed to protect your images from malicious AI edits. Yeah, that's so great. what this does is it introduces nearly invisible uh, perturba- perturbations to throw off algorithmic models. Um, you know, this is something that who knows? I'm sure that they'll come up with something to counter this. But so it's supposed it looks, to make it so you can tell if something's been edited. So it looks like what they're doing is putting things, b- baking things into the image that if AI, that if it's manipulated, you'll be able to tell. Like the uh, almost yep. think about it like the the pen that they use to check or a marker if they use to check if it's a real bill or not, yep, something cash. like that. Yep. Yeah. Maybe like that. That's interesting. And this is for this, you know, pictures, but they're going to have to do the same thing with videos. They're going to have to do the same thing with voice somehow. Uh, this is, this is going to be a big problem because especially now when people believe everything that comes across CNN and CNN doesn't do any more fact checking, they put it, put it right on the air uh, I think that this is something that's going to be a bigger and bigger problem in every election cycle. You're going to see all these fake videos, fake pictures, people getting outraged. Uh, and it sucks because th- that these type of things do affect how people vote, do affect how people think. And there's a lot of people who don't understand technology enough to know that there's <laughs> that this needs to be protected again. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I just think that... <laughs> Is it, does it look like it actually works? I mean, well, it is because it's it's keeping the frame around it, so you can tell that it's that that's what it's doing. That's the yeah. immunization immunize thing. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Again, so, I, they're going to have to do this in a lot of different areas, just not fo- not just photos. Yes, and as many and here's the craziest thing about it: as much new AI stuff as there is, there will be anti. There will be anti-AI AI stuff like this that yeah. will be designed. There is already. I mean, you can go on Google and search. Detecting whether an image is real or not. Yeah, you can do it right now. Through the, There's things where you can do like, uh, was this text generated by AI, which I'm sure they're using in colleges and stuff like that. Mm. And is it perfect every time? No. But it will give you a pretty general idea whether this text, based on how it reads and the way that it's laid out, if this was generated by a human or not. Is it always right? No. But it's but it's <laughs> okay, using let's, AI let's to do that. talk about that really quick. Sure. OpenAI had a tool that they created that was supposed to do that. It was supposed to detect whether something was AI written 
but it sure. had such a low accuracy that they had to shut down the tool. I mean, it, it was really off. That's, and it that's... was detecting that people that, that did, weren't native English speakers or people that had autism, <laughs> it was saying that they were AI just because of the way that they wrote sentences or way that they phrase things. And so this is something that they're finding is much harder to do than they originally thought to do accurately uh, without a bunch of false positives. And so uh, with text, you know, these schools, there were people that were kicked out of schools that or that were failed in classes because these tests were inaccurate and claimed that they, they had written what they made with AI. And so the teachers or the school failed them. And so this, this is a problem because there's a lot of kids from, I assume there's a lot of kids that are using AI to help write papers because you can write something that smart, sounds a lot smarter than what you can come up with with minimal prompts and knowing very little about what you're trying to, to write a paper about. Which, you know, is an issue. When I was in high school, the big thing was Wolfram Alpha, which if you remember yeah. was Apple's, oh, the original, the early Siri, it was all of its stuff was based on Wolfram Alpha. Or big computing big computing thing. And this was, I was in high school and we used Wolfram Alpha for math because it was an incredibly complex math calculator, unlike what you would find just on any sort of regular equation, you know, just any sort of regular, even scientific calculator that you could put on your computer. And it was very, very good at that stuff. But the, the I will say this, and I'm probably guilt. I'm hundred percent guilty of this, especially when I was in college of just in programming classes, just slapping some crap from Stack Overflow in a thing. It got me through the class, but I look back at it now and I'm like, well, that was just a huge waste of my it, money. It ended up hurting you I, more well, in, I longer, nothing. if that was your goal. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, if my goal was to become a programmer and I spent the entire time, which no offense, Brian, a lot of programming is looking up people's solutions on Stack Overflow and copying them. But <laughs> in terms of learning the fundamentals and all that stuff, I, I, I do kind of regret that now. I mean, at the time, it was like, yeah. yeah, screw it. I really don't even want to be here. But so you can do that. If I mean, I'm sure you could AI your way through college almost exclusively, but then you're going to graduate yep. and be completely unemployable. And need um, something that's not cookie cutter, and then you're stuck. Yeah, then you're screwed. Yeah, big time. Yep. The old and I think that this is where they're going to really have to adapt how schools work. I think this is what it's really going to come down to is you can't do homework anymore because when you can read the problem, no matter how complicated you make it to AI and it will give you the answer, how do you then do homework where kids can't just cheat in every which way? You're going to have to have it to where there are the kids are doing school in school. They're having courses that are interactive that you're answering on the fly, that they don't have access to take something home or to look something up. Uh, this is going to have to adapt so that kids actually learn. Some and kid will be. This is where the school needs to figure this out. Some kid will be in his class. This Apple Pro Vision on <laughs> it, listening to everything yeah. that's going on. And well, I will Seeing say this. the answers on the fly as they yeah, go. Exactly. Um, I'll say this before we get out of here. You know, uh, homework. The the traditional concept of homework has been proven to be very ineffective for for generations, yeah. but. What school is, I hope, is going, hopefully going back to is teaching you how to learn, how to think, like actually be able to critically think in those things. Everything else is just kind Rather of than memorizing answers. Correct. That's all like the, what it's turned all into. Homework. That's all homework teaches you is to how to memorize yeah. answers. Go, go memorize this so that when we put the paper in front of you, you can repeat it back. That's correct. not understanding and learning. And that's correct. the problem. But that's is, how they've got to teach you how to truly understand. It. Yeah. And yeah. I, I think that the whole system is messed up. We're going to be homeschooling our kids this coming year, oh, and it's using a, a curriculum where 
uh, you actually you can't cheat at it. It's it's you have to actually understand it. Um, you know, there's it's not a if you don't if you get the answer wrong, you know, just keep moving on. They have to understand it and pass the tests at the end. Yeah. And I think it's kind of how I did college, which was much more effective in the style. And I, I just think that that's what all these schools are going to have to do because the grades of, of of classes across the country have been plummeting. There's areas where students that, that there's nobody who passes the minimum standards in whole counties, you know, across across states. And I think that they're going to have to figure out because COVID's really thrown a loop in these changes that they made to school and the kids' abilities to to focus and learn has gone downhill. Yeah. And so this is going to be where not just computer situations, but schools need to step up to the plate. And I don't feel like they're doing that. Like their, yeah. their focus is so far off the wall uh, rails at the moment that I don't see these fixes happening soon. And that's why so many people are sending their kids to private schools and homeschooling now. No question. Getting away it. from that. So, all, all right. right. Well, well if you want, <laughs> cool, great conversation, Brian. I wasn't expecting yeah. that. that. I thought that was a good one. If you guys have any comments on all that stuff, uh, throw it in our discord, shoot us an email, contact that infection podcast.com. Love to hear from your, uh, from you guys, your thoughts on all that. Yep. Hey, and if you want to find me, you can get me at Boise Computer on X, or if you want to go to uh, one of the other services at Boise or at Brian Aldridge. If you want to find me at Boise or at FightOfTech.com, you can do that for my blog. Got ways to contact me on there. Or if you go to our website, InfectionPodcast.com, just go to the upper right hand side. You can join our server on Discord. It's a good place to play on our eleven arc servers that we have running. Or if you want to maybe submit some show news links, just jump into that channel, post links in there. We'll review those before the live show starts. And uh, maybe you want to direct some of the topics that we discuss or there's something on AI that you want to give input on. That's the perfect place to do it. Uh, if you want to get watch the live show, you can do that through Twitch or YouTube or after the fact, you can watch the upload on Rumble. If you want to listen to it, after the fact, we upload it to a lot of different platforms and devices. And so pick whatever one's most convenient. If you are listening to it, that means that you can go and get onto our particular episode show notes and follow the different links for things that we discussed during that show. There's a video and audio player built into that page. And maybe there's a video or a source material that we referenced, but didn't go into in a huge amount of detail. You can go find those all on that page. If you want to support us, there's a menu option up top, or you can go to infection.podcast.com forward slash support. As I look at last week's show notes, I did not have a chance to play the Roblox Twister game yet. Um, and I'm oh, yeah, we'll doing some to, traveling we'll in the next couple of weeks, so I don't know. But I will. I will get I will get into that, I promise. Brian, thanks as always, my man. Uh, great yep. conversation. We'll You're chat welcome. with you next week. All righty, folks. Well, um, let's see. You can uh, check me out daily, as I mentioned earlier. That's what I do. My day gig is a hosting of host host of Wilmington's Morning News here across uh, southeastern North Carolina. Cover a lot of statewide and national political stuff. You can uh, check that out at nickcraig.com or search uh, Wilmington's Morning News in your favorite podcast app. As Brian mentioned, if you want to uh, check out any of our show notes or uh, get some links to our various uh, social media profiles, you can do all of that on our website. It's infectionpodcast.com. Thank you so much for joining us, everybody. Have a great week. We'll see you next time.